0: then he offered let me cook for you for 10 days and then you can make an informed choice and i let him do that and that was the beginning of the rest of my life
1: hi there welcome to finding your spark again Today, we're going to speak with my guest, Julie Brown, about how what you eat can help you to deal with anxiety and other feelings that are difficult to handle. So I am really excited about this topic. I think all the times that we can tune in to ourselves and figure out a way to have real 3D kind of solutions to help ourselves to reach those emotional places more easily. Uh, We're really walking in the right direction. So thank you so much for being here today, Julie.
0: My pleasure, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, Uh, so I wanna dive right into it, right? Because a lot of times people do have symptoms, right? They have things that are actually not okay. and they come from, sometimes they come from a trauma they know about, you know, a loss or a loss of a job or, a, you know, some difficulty in their lives. And other times they they, they don't, they just happen. Um, but either way it is, it, can we affect it with
0: food? Well, my answer is absolutely, absolutely. And every person is different. And again, you were, talking about the causative nature. And so there's, it's so complex. And my case is very complex. What I did is my personal story and everybody has their own. And when it comes down to it though, when we, this is my macrobiotic perspective because that's what I discovered about 32 years ago when I was like in a crisis situation. And we can go into that story. Um, But basically, when we are really intentional with what we're consuming in our bodies, majority food, but also other types of consumption, you know, relationship, conversations, media, whatever, it all impacts us biologically. and, And there are things that can help us feel very different emotionally. A lot of times people don't think about their food,
1: right? They just are they're like, well, I'm human and there's a grocery store. And so I just go there and buy the things that are there. And they don't sort of aren't intentional at all. Tell us how did that awareness get raised for you? How did you decide I should be looking at the food?
0: Well, yeah, a lot of people are thinking calories in calories out, things like that. And what macrobiotics um focuses on is quality of what we're eating. I'd say it started when I was in about seventh grade. So my mom read this book by Frances Moore LePay, who talked about having vegetable plant-based protein, less animal protein, and about eating brown rice. And so my mom switched to brown rice. She cooked brown rice. And you know, when you start eating it, you get used to it. And so then in my 20s, I started having horrible health problems, just a whole myriad of physical things. Some of them were from injuries and some of them just appeared. And and then I had horrible migraines and I I didn't really realize that I had anxiety um, until I didn't have it anymore (laughs) anyway. I'm almost 20. I mean, I'm 30. So it was 1989. I was doing two master's degrees at the same time. And I'm not an academic and I was doing my in public health and social welfare. And I was doing my internship. And when I started, it was a six month internship. And when I started it, the, my supervisor, who was the sweetest person in the whole world, she's like, Julie, you're stressed out. You should go swimming every day before you come to, um, to work. And so she told me and I started swimming. And and that was great. During that period, I my symptoms of pain in my joints got so bad, it got the worst in my life. So my whole 20s was getting more and more body parts had chronic pain. And doctors, you know, told me it was all in my head. And Then I was so desperate that that finally this friend of mine who had told me about macrobiotics when we first met working together um, invited me to have lunch with him. And and I loved the food because I I liked brown rice and vegetables, which is pretty much what, what it's about. And so then he had been telling me all these years, Julie, you could get back out on the soccer field if you ate macrobiotics. And I didn't believe him. And but I was finally so desperate, then then he offered, let me cook for you for 10 days, and then you can make an informed choice. And I let him do that. And that was the beginning of the rest of my life. Immediately, I started to feel more grounded, I could focus on what I was doing at work. And the anxiety just evaporated out of me that I didn't even know I had. But what I realized is that I used to, like, have a thought And then it would give me butterflies in my stomach. And then that stopped happening. It's like I could think without that. And then I realized, oh, that's anxiety. So after about 10 days, I'm on this very, I mean, incredibly stressful um, internship with these deadlines and stuff. And I'm I'm typing up this report that has to get in FedEx by 4 p.m. And normally I'd be so filled with fear and anxiety that it's hard to concentrate. And I'm just sitting there, all this noise around me. I'm highly distractible person, but I'm just concentrating. I'm like, this is getting in FedEx at four o'clock. It was just going to happen. It was this different feeling of being able to focus that was absolutely unknown to me. And so then around then my supervisor called me into her office. This is like, this is October of 89. And I had started in like July of 89. So she'd, gotten me doing the swimming and it was, it was really good, but it didn't impact me the way that changing my diet for 10 days did. And she called me into her office and she said, Julie, what happened to you? And I said, what do you mean? She said, what is your secret? You're different. And I said, Oh, well, you know, I just, I changed my diet and I can like concentrate and focus and, and it's just, You know, it's this macrobiotic thing that this friend has been telling me about for years. Then the 10 days were up. I needed to learn to cook for myself because he gave me 10 days. So I got two cooking lessons from him and I went off of that for the next year. And I'm totally not a creative at all in the kitchen. I'm like a zero minus, which is still frustrating to me. But I really didn't care about it being like super delicious. All I knew is that I felt so different that I had to continue. And so over that year, I, so I graduated and then I got my first job out of graduate school as this social worker. So I was subcontracted in this place where I had a nice supervisor, but the contractor people, they hated me. And I was like, not good enough because I wasn't one of them. Anyway, it was this horrible, like, prejudice situation that was so incredibly stressful because the contractors wanted to, you know, catch me, like, messing up so they could get me fired or something like that. It was just, it was horrible. And so what I found is that if that I could maintain this reduced anxiety and this increased focus and also increased energy, because I have this problem with severe fatigue, that when I eat this way, then I have like 50% more energy. It's like absolutely incredible. And so I found during that year with this hideously stressful job because of those dynamics that if I, I had to like maintain about 75% of eating this macrobiotic way for me to stay level-headed and not let that anxiety come and be able to focus and be on my toes for these attacks that like came out of left field at any time from these hideous two women that was really what got me going was that it just affected my mental health before it affected my physical well did it did very fast help with my digestive and elimination stuff so that was the first year and then i continued on And after about two years, because in the end of graduate school, I was getting these migraines, I was taking stronger and stronger drugs for. And so after about two years of working really hard, eating not 100% macrobiotics, but working really hard at it, like bringing my own food to potlucks and to family dinners and stuff like that, and having people like really not be nice about it. This is 30 years ago before everybody's vegan and before everybody's gluten free and, and people like kind of expect you're going to have some say over what you eat. And yeah. so there's, there's a lot of styles now that are acceptable. Right. And in fact, any styles
1: are acceptable because we think about food much more so.
0: Yeah. And so then after about two years, I realized I wasn't having the migraines anymore. And I stopped carrying pain pills in my purse. And so that's sort of my story is that it just had this incredible impact in a short time. And even during those 10 days, I didn't stop everything of what would be recommended to stop like a bunch of stuff, coffee, marijuana, sugar. I tried really hard to stop the sugar. um, And that has been the hardest thing but anyway, that is my story. Oh, but let me give you just one more little thing about this story. So I had this horrible relationship with my dad growing up. So I always cried telling this story. But um we, you know, he he hit all his kids a lot growing up. And then later on, verbal altercations. And every time I went home, I'd I'd drive home for dinner, I'd drive home. Um, you know, crying because he was, we would get in a fight. And so then I disowned him for two years. I just had absolutely nothing to do with him. I didn't go home. I was in graduate school. I just couldn't deal with any extra stress. And so, October 89, I started eating this way. My anxiety went down. And then in December, it was going to be the second Christmas that I wasn't going to go home because I, refused to be around my dad. And then I decided I wanted to go home and see my little brother because he was there from New York. And I went home, but I was like, I'm not gonna hug my dad. Oh, I know, and I, so I was with the therapist and he, and he, so here I am like 30 years old. And I didn't realize that I could go home and leave any minute I wanted, even in the middle of dinner. I had my own car, I had my own place to live. But it took my therapist telling me, Julie, you can go home and if you're uncomfortable, you can get up and leave. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's so incredible how we don't understand and appreciate our personal freedom. Once we grow up, we stay in these patterns that we've learned. So I decided, okay, I'll go home and if I get mad, I'll just get up and I'll walk out. And, um, so I went home and I went in and I, my dad is the first person who sees me and he's reading and he gets, starts to get out of his chair. chairs, Julie, anyway, I'm sorry. I cry when I say this. And I just, I say, hi, dad. And I walked past him he was at the far end of the room and I go into the kitchen. I hug my mom, my little brother comes in, I hug him. And then I decide to go hug my dad and I hugged him. And 30 years of anger and hatred physically evaporated out of my head. It was this feeling, it was like like nobody could see it. I just felt it. And, And so this was some kind of emotional release and it happened because my anxiety was down enough that I felt safe enough to show up in a place and Kind of like with that those horrible women is like I could be ready for an attack. i was I was like, I was just able to be grounded and centered and listen to what what was going on in just this much more free way than than before. And so, yeah, so the long story short is my dad has treated me well for the last thirty years, and Um, If I hadn't, you know, gone through this change with what I did by changing how I ate, you know, probably wouldn't have ever happened. Yeah. So I love that you're making
1: this connection between the body and the emotional life because we talk a lot on the podcast about our emotional life and what we can do to change that. And a lot of times that feels really etheric for people. They're like, yeah, but not for me, because when I try to meditate or to breathe or to do the things that, uh, we talk a lot about, um, that it's, it, it doesn't work out for them. So this chemical, so sort of acknowledging our bodies as a chemical factory and giving it different fuel to make different chemicals, because it will make different chemicals if we put different fuel in, right? That uh, that then we're sort of set up to be able to do all those other things that that those spiritual awakenings that we hope will happen, right? That's what that's the category I'd put that healing that you had in that moment, right? For me, that would I would call that a, a spiritual awakening, but it was, whether you call it that or not, clearly a healing for you and for him that maybe just needed the right chemical factory behind it. And then you were able to reach for the thing that you really want. So tell me a little bit more about what macrobiotics is. So I think a lot of times people go like, oh, sounds scary. You know, it's like being vegan. I'm vegan, I chose that a long time ago. It's, I re-chose it after my husband passed. I, I questioned everything about my, my being and said, you got to decide who you are now. And you feel like somebody that's just landed from an alien planet instead of the person that you've been for all these years. And so- uh, So so I love that
0: description, landed on an (laughs) alien planet. Because what I work with now um, also is identity loss. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you really have that when you,
1: especially when you're like in a team and then you're not in a team and you're like, oh, what just happened? and, uh, and so I re-chose it, but I re-chose it um, because I tried. I asked myself, is this food I'd like to eat? Mm, no, I don't actually like that food. Okay, let's go from there. And, um, and I think that a lot of times people aren't so, so conscious about their food choices, but knowing what it is makes it a lot less scary so i'd love to know more about sort of the framework of macrobiotics
0: all right so first of all macrobiotics isn't in vogue it was in vogue 30 years ago when i started and now a lot of people might not have ever heard of it or what they hear of it even back then is that it's this incredibly strict diet and so they don't want to even try it because They don't want to even, they don't want to give up so much. Um, So there's there's two ways to see macrobiotics. One is if you are really sick and want to use it as a healing tool, a natural healing tool, either in conjunction with Western medicine or without it. And then the other is you just want to eat better. So if you just want to eat better, then you just take the best that macrobiotics has to offer, which is focusing on eating more whole unprocessed grains. So that means not in flour form, not whole wheat bread, but whole wheat. Usually we don't cook just whole wheat, but you know brown rice quinoa barley um millet so basically it focuses on whole unprocessed grains and vegetables mostly cooked vegetables and some um small amounts of fermented food like miso sauerkraut other kinds of homemade pickles and sea vegetables to get a lot of um Trace minerals and, and vitamins, and and, and and mostly plant protein. But it doesn't say you can't eat any. So the thing about macrobiotics, it doesn't. People think that it's this rigid thing, and you can't eat all this other stuff. It doesn't say you can't eat it. It says, what is your goal? And based on what your goal is, you make these choices based on these principles. And the principles are having majority plant-based food, basically. However, if you are going like I was for a healing diet, then you do want to get real serious about eliminating a whole bunch of stuff. So the whole thing about macrobiotics is balance, quality of of your nutrition and the balance of it. The other part about macrobiotics is you want to have a variety of food and a variety of cooking techniques.
1: Okay. So... So there's like eight different ways fry. Yeah, stir fry. We could right not with specific whatever the they say about the oil or whatever, Um, and we could make soups and we can cook in all these different. We could bake things. We can do in all these different ways. Okay, so it sounds like actually it's quite open, but the concepts are to increase the variety of grains and the amount
0: of grains and variety of vegetables and amount of vegetables and to start eating, start reducing animal protein and increasing plant protein. Okay, so this is not too far up for starting from
1: a lot of things that are out there right now. Obviously it's not keto, but that's another story. (laughs) Um, So in terms of dealing with our emotional life, and what we put in our mouths, I found that for myself and for many of the people that I work with, that what we're putting in our mouths when we're in grief or in anxiety, or even within the time frame, but we don't feel like we're off emotionally. we feel like, no, no, I got this now, but uh, we sort of are still within reach of those things. It isn't necessarily all that well thought out and sometimes carries a little trauma right so for instance with me i really had a hard time going back in the kitchen after my husband passed uh, because there was there were things that happened at the end of his life that that was were difficult and involved the kitchen you know and so mm-hmm. uh so then for a while i was like well i'm just never i, I don't need a blender i'm never going to eat, eat out of a blender again i don't need a a, a a art. I don't need to chop things ever again you know I started throwing out baking dishes and you know and people were like okay just pick them up out of the garbage and when she's ready we'll give them back to her you know so uh so that kind of becoming intentional and being centered seems like it is kind of the starting point for this this space of healing emotional stories, whether
0: they're temporary or or long-term. Does that sound like? I I think that we go through many starting points. I continually go through starting points because that's the other thing about macrobiotics is when, when you hear somebody, they say they're macrobiotic. Well, what does that actually even mean? It's like, because we do things differently and we eat other stuff and we don't eat what we should eat and stuff like that, what we should in the sense that It makes our body it's easier on our body and it makes us feel better. And so I think the important thing is to to understand that, like I made a decision, I had this I was desperate. I allowed somebody to help me. I found out that what he was saying all along um, made a lot of sense, and then I took it on as a practice. And, but the thing about a practice is, is that actually every day you have to recommit to it by doing it. And then you go on a trip and then you you get all thrown off kilter. And so when you come home, you have to recommit to what you did, or you have a huge event in your life, you know, like a tragic event and you get off all kilter. And so then you recommit again. So I think life isn't about making a decision. It's about every day recommitting to decisions that make sense.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. So if, if you have uh, one that you can think of, is there any kind of one little tiny small thing that if somebody said, yeah, I want to try to reach for eating a little bit better so that I can impact my health uh, what would you say, and they're not ready, they're not ready to to call someone up, you, and say, hey, I need help, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But they, they go like, let me just try a little something, see if I even know how to change my diet. What would be the one thing that you would ask them to do?
0: So the easiest and the hardest would be to stop eating sugar. Stop eating and drinking sugar. And so I say it's the easiest because... We can still eat all kind of other stuff that maybe we might think of decreasing or eliminating later, but, and, and, and just by eliminating the sugar means you, you don't have the dessert. You don't have, you don't drink sugar. Just don't drink sugar, period.
1: Well, that is a great starting point, And I really appreciate you giving that to our listeners because, uh, It's nice to have a place to start. Right. And to, yeah, you can always dig in later, but a lot of times when we're walking through a darker period, a a time that is difficult, we just get overwhelmed with the details. But to have a place to start and say, you know what, today I'm just not going to eat that dessert or I'm just not going to drink that Coca-Cola or whatever it is that you drink with sugar in it uh, is, is a great way to, to describe a start. Yeah. Um, and I love that what we're dealing with in this episode really is that sensation of those butterflies that happened to me after my husband passed away. I did not know what it was. Like you just, like you said, I did not know what was happening, but I was like, I I couldn't focus. I, I, particularly in certain circumstances, And I thought, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And then uh, I realized, oh, this is what people describe as anxiety, even though I had worked with the emotions for many, many years, right? But when you experience something, it's very, very different than when you know about it, right? So this was really firsthand and severe, really severe. Like you gotta Mm -hmm. sit down and you can't function, kind of severe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm glad to know that, that there's a way forward from that, even when our listeners are really in a tough spot. Can I ask one more question about this? And it's, we're going to take it to a totally different place. And that Good. is, <laughs> that is about joy. That is about, uh, peacefulness and joy and the relationship between, accessing those higher levels of consciousness, right? Those easier uh, in your body, easier emotions for you to experience. Um, And the relationship to food. I feel that with my own experience uh, and quite often with the people that I work with, that when you have a certain level of nutrition, basic nutrition, then you're able to function in a different, uh, emotional realm and that when you don't, you can't. And so no amount of me telling you to do a breathing exercise or to meditate is going to help if you're drinking two liters of Coke a, a, a day. You know, if we're in another place where you're not getting actual nutrition and your body is having to deal with a lot of things that are kind of extra and meant to be just every once in a while, if at all, uh, then it's very difficult to sort of have command over your ship. So one of the things
0: tenets of macrobiotics is by changing how we eat it therefore changes our judgment and so having our judgment different then we make different choices and those choices can lead to happiness and away from unhappiness that's really interesting
1: all right great well uh thank you so much for spending all this time with me today i would love to just give you a space to say what have you got going on we of course are going to link everything so you don't have to worry about that but do you have anything that you'd like to uh, to let people know that you do or that you're doing in this particular time period
0: i'm a coach and i do um one-on-one coaching for people who want to level up in all areas of their life so it's not specifically about macrobiotics I also do um, one-on-one macrobiotic consultations that give extremely detailed recommendations on how to basically recover your health or, you know, potentially recover your health. There's no guarantees, but for people who want to do really serious health work with through their diet, I do that. And I I have a podcast called Bold Becoming. It's for people who've had the their um, the rug pulled out from under them, and they're all discombobulated with their identity, kind of like you're describing, um, coming from a different planet or whatever that was. That was great. And and I'm writing a book called Masters of Change, and it's about um, the intersection of identity loss and personal transformation.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. We will make sure we link all this for our listeners on whatever platform you're listening. You should be able to find this information and comment and follow and let us know, do you like these topics? Is this helpful? Uh, anything you've got to say, we'd love to uh, be able to interact. And uh, again, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much too, Donna Lynn. Great work.